Deb, welcome back in the studio. Good to see you. Welcome to another episode of Sales with Aslan. Although no, I don't really need to, I don't know, welcome you. It's probably no. You don't have welcome. to welcome, but I always feel I love being welcomed. I'm I enjoy that. <laughs> it makes me feel special. I'm always looking for little ways I can feel special. Yeah. Well, what I love about, about our podcast tab, it guarantees mm-hmm. you I will see you, see you on yeah. a pretty consistent basis, and we get to hang out. Banter. It's been great for our relationship. It really has. So I uh, thank you, everyone, maybe, our sponsors and all maybe our we listeners. Maybe should have to do a podcast with our wives. <laughs> it would greatly improve that relationship. I'll see you every Friday <laughs> at 1230 for it. an hour. I love uh, it. Oh, I know we're just running so fast. So I love that we have this time to kind of step back and talk about important things. Uh, yes. And this definitely podcast is definitely one of those important topics. If you missed part one, one with John Sequera, where he talks about how our emotional state determines whether we are going to perform at our highest level, which again is a surprising truth to me. Yep. Because, you know, we kind of believe what is it? What is emotions? It just John calls it self regulation, showing up as our best self. Don't we just, isn't a knowledge thing? Don't we just need to know what to do and say and how to act and know our process? Isn't that going to lead us to the highest level performance? And he right. pretty much in part one proved that that's not true. Yeah, it was really powerful. Um, and I think we talked about this a little bit on the last one that, you know, I was a little skeptical mm-hmm. and, and it, I was just blown away by the truth. And, yeah. and you, and, and you, he's a perfect, we, we've seen it. He, he looks, I mean, he's transformed. He's a perfect example of yeah. doing what he's talking about. And you can see the change in his yeah. life. You definitely can. I mean, he, yeah. And I had, as I mentioned in part one, I've had dinner with him and he's a different human. Yeah. And, and, and actually he should be more fearful. He (laughs) should be because he's starting his own company, right? He has all the pressures of making this next entrepreneurial venture work. He's starting from scratch. You know, he'd been at Aslan for 10 years and he was, you know, he had a pipeline and he knew exactly what to do yet. He is more light and more mm-hmm. free and more effective and communicates more effectively than um, I think he, than he did than he, when he was with Aslan. Yep. So love this episode where he, un, you know, in first episode, he unpacked the first step, which was gratitude. And if you think, Oh, why well, don't need to listen to part one? I don't need to hear about gratitude. He says some surprising <laughs> things about gratitude that I, I wrote down and I tucked yep. away and it changed me instantly. So this episode, he, he talks about the next two steps. And um, so you're going to be in for a treat. So enjoy this next episode with John where he talks about how do we manage our emotional state? Can I ask a question? Just to, I mean, I'm, I'm the the Mr. Practical over here. Yeah. Can you just kind of, cause I I could talk about this stuff for days. I love it. I get so fired up about it, but I'm sitting here going, okay, can just bring it down to the level of I'm a sales guy. Yeah. And I'm just a normal old sales guy, you know, fabulous person and and i'm i'm not hitting my number i'm feeling stressed i'm doing all this and i i I get i need i just heard i need to be grateful can you get a little more tactical for me oh yeah just how do i do it what does that look like yeah so the when i'm working with sales organizations salespeople, usually it's some version of let's figure out hey look what i know you have a goal to hit okay um what is what is working in your favor? Let's start there. Okay. Right? Because 
and, and oftentimes there's the exercise as we're talking of playing playing kind of devil's advocate of all right you don't think you're going to hit your goal all right well what are you going to do quit right? <laughs> right okay well let's just get, let's guarantee we're not going to hit our goal is that what you mean so i guess you should if, if you're pretty sure you're not going to hit that goal i mean <laughs> if that's the guarantee i probably wouldn't do what you're doing much longer is that what your answer is right. no it's not okay well give me some reasons why you can hit your goal give me some reasons why maybe what led you up to this point um, makes you confident or gives you any confidence that you can hit it. If you had to interview for your job today, mm. why would you, if I'm your leader and you're interviewing, uh, you're interviewing with me, why would you tell me that you still should keep your job? Mm. And now they start getting into, well, I've done this in the past and I was successful at this point, or I've been working really hard, or I've got a nice pipeline, or I just went to a training, or I found that I started reading the sales book whatever it is, um, or I like my product. It's like, hey, do you think this product is viable? Do you think there's at least appropriate product market fit? Yeah. Because your organization is asking you to do a thing and derived a goal, not completely out of thin air. The company exists because <laughs> there's likely a need for what this company does in the market. Can we reflect on that? Mm. And now we start getting into, oh, here are all the reasons why I'm in a position to at least try. So it's positive and it's about finding things you can be grateful about. Cause that is what you're saying. I mean, th these are things that you can be grateful for that mm -hmm. you do have these strengths and then you do have these capabilities and that I, I love that because you're right. I just lose sight of that because all I'm doing is what you said. I'm narrowing in on that problem and it's just all consuming mm -hmm. so um very that, you answer my question that's excellent awesome yeah I've, uh, there's a saying that if you focus on the problem the problem expands if you focus on the solution the solution expands and fear as you said earlier is focused on mm. the problem and what the consequences of the it you become sucked into that vortex and it really, and John, is it true statement to say sometimes people just need help getting out of the room that they're in, mm. you know, because the, the sometimes you are so overwhelmed. I, I really do my, my mental, I've never shared this. I don't think with anybody, but I feel like sometimes we get in rooms and all we see is what's in that room. And that room is problems and failure and identity issues and, and sometimes we just have to call somebody and say, can you come get me? You know, and I, I don't really mean that like literally, but I like have to call somebody and say, help me. Right. Yeah. I, I'm all I'm seeing this. I need help getting out of this room mm. because I'm just overwhelmed and I don't, I can't, I cannot be grateful. I just, I, whatever it is that's keeping me from um, moving in the right direction. 1000%. I mean, that's the value of coaching in this mm -hmm. context is very simply serving as someone else's aux auxiliary awareness. Uh, okay. Yeah. You don't have to know anything much more than the person you're coaching or anything. It's just saying, Hey, let's unpack what is going on and let's start orienting towards this. We know that the exercise of gratitude mm -hmm. is proven, literally proven mm -hmm. to get you in a better headspace so that you can figure out what the next right thing is to do. Let's work on that together. And so from a self-regulation perspective, there are exercises that when I'll teach this to say, Hey, while we're in the workshop, here's an exercise to, for example, think about the next time that you're going to get stressed out because it usually happens in a pattern. 
-hmm. What can you right now decide that you're going to remember to be grateful for when that thing happens again? So it's already, you've already developed it while we're, while we're, we have clarity of mind now. And then Mm -hmm. you just draw on that as a little wedge, a little lifeline. Mm -hmm. Then there are other exercises around, you know, curating meditations around this, but yeah, oftentimes that's what's happening when, when our reptilian brain is feeling stressed and we're focused on the problem, we feel stuck. We see stuck. Again, our vision gets narrow. Our world gets smaller. And this really is a discipline. Yeah, this is a discipline thing. I've actually been meditating every morning for probably the last four or five months. Might be related to this lighter thing. I've been going through Psalm 23 and I have visualization related to each verse. I cannot tell you how it changes. I mean, part of it, guess what? <laughs> it's, it, it, you, you refresh my, you refresh, you know, you refresh my soul, I think is what it is. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't do it out of order. But you refresh me, basically, is that I'm refreshed with, by God. And I stop there and I start listen, listing the things that I'm grateful for. That's part of my meditation. Mm. I force myself to say, um, uh, and it's, it's, it's the same thing. It's like, I can see my, I feel, I feel lighter sticking with the theme and I see the fear start to go, especially if I've had a night where the fears creeped in. Cause that's sometimes where it attacks me because yeah. I don't, I'm not able to consciously rewire my thoughts, but that tells me it's invaded me. It's, it's in, yeah. me. you know, the stress oh, yeah. is, the fear has made its way and it's, it's got a little home there. And so it's a discipline every day to fight that. And if we just wander through life as if think our, our mind, our perspective, our mindset, our, our um, I guess our emotional state just happens to us and we have no control, we're going to get in a bad place. Yeah. You're going to, you operate with kind of automatic responses. I mean, a lot of yeah. the concept yeah. of mindfulness very simply is not to, not to be some, you know, some super woo woo, exercise it's simply the the exercise of watching your thoughts mm-hmm. being aware of your thoughts and recognizing that your thoughts are not you yeah right? these mm-hmm. things that we tell ourselves self-talk i'm not good enough this isn't going to work this is all coming down on me those are narratives like i don't the have the ability to figure this out i'm stupid or yeah. i don't i can't do this or so there's that piece yeah. and now you can tamp that down so now you can now you can feel connected through serving mm-hmm. right because that's mm-hmm. That's the idea. Besides this reciprocal relationship, once you move from gratitude, now you move to service, which is really the exercise of once you have clarity of mind, recognizing what's needed in a moment, what serves the moment, and what capability you have to serve that. And now you're really in a mode of flowing energy from where you have it, oftentimes where you got it, to where it's needed. And now you start feeling connected. And that's that's the feeling when you were talking about feeling more charismatic and more funny and listening when you're doing that it is the it's it's the active kind of getting in the idea of flow state yeah it's the active I'm feeling present. Like, i'm present i'm aligned like i feel yeah. this i got it and you're lit yeah. up and then the last piece of that is once you do that mm. now our fear creeps up around the future right yeah. so once i've done the thing now we're like all right i did that thing now what and there's always that now what? And so fear of the future creeps up. That starts driving what you've heard of scarcity mindset and attachment to outcome. I did a thing. What's going to happen now? I need it to go my way. 
And so the antidote to that is simply, and there's a lot of different words for it, is leaning into an abundance mindset, mm-hmm. which as you start, you know, you're, you're talking about your morning meditation practice and Psalm 23, a lot of the abundance mindset is the idea that, hey, I can let go because I'm going to assume that all things, all things equal, the universe is conspiring in my favor and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And that starts looking like, you know, in a faith-based setting, it's faith. It's, yeah. hey, everything's going to work out mm-hmm. in a, in a more science oriented way. This is the value of how that works. You know, at Aslan, we would teach, you know, about the RAS. Yeah. Right. Right. The RAS, the subconscious mechanism in your brain that tells you what to pay attention to and what not to pay attention to. Well, we, we teach that, you know, at Aslan in the context of how we can resonate with a decision maker's RAS, what's on their mind so that when we say it, it activates that RAS. Well, there's the other side of developing your own RAS or, or mm-hmm. I'm sorry, working your own RAS, mm-hmm. meaning if our natural tendency is to be fear-based. When we look at the future, our natural tendency mm-hmm. is to calculate all the things that can go wrong, which then gives us this set, this, if we have enough time, this infinite set of things that can go wrong, where to your point, if we focus on the problem or a, a, an ever-evolving number of problems, <laughs> then we're going to start setting our RAS to keep focusing on more problems. And it's things yeah, are going to get see more dire. Yeah. If I focus myself on visualizing here's what here's what i want or even just here's what the feeling of this this, of this free future state will feel for me Mm -hmm. now we can start rewiring our own ras to look for the things that are more likely to get us and like shift our micro actions to getting us to where we want to be no, it's so true. I, I was just listening to a podcast the other day and it was talking about, um, because I do that. I, most of us do that, right? Worst case scenarios, you start running them. And it's like, instead, it's what if it, what if it worked out? Like, like that's your automatic first thought. What yeah. if, you know, what if it works out, you know, versus, whoa, what if it all goes wrong? Because that's what my tendency is to go, gosh, if this doesn't go right, this could happen and that could happen. And it just runs. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. It's well, great. it's not only our tendency. We have, we have as a society, as a professional society, put so much value on someone's ability to predict all the bad things that will happen so that they're better prepared. <laughs> Right. Tom, right. on deals, I would do this. I remember you, you and I would be co- talking about a deal. Strategy. You were very good at that. And you would yeah. say things like, you know, I'm, I'm like, well, this can go wrong. This can go wrong. And that person's probably going to block it. And you'd say, hey, I really, in a very sweet way, <laughs> as I'm, as I'm, as I'm probably spinning out at the time, you're like, hey, I really respect your, what did you say? It was something around like uh, your paranoia. Yeah, yeah, really, your ability to see what could go wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, I, yeah, paranoia. Maybe to, that's what I said. Despite I, I barriers, that. I think deals. that's a good. We need to put that hat on at times. Yeah, you do. And so mm-hmm. there's value in you know an executive that I work with. He says, "Hey, the job, the executive's job is two things: it's um, clear communication of what the plan is and scenario planning for all the things that could go wrong." Yeah, good for you. If you <laughs> good for you, yeah, congratulations on being an executive. Yeah, but I would spend so much time personally, and I've seen this in, in nearly everyone I work with. I see this almost like a badge of honor to say, "Well, I can calculate all the things that will go wrong, so we're better prepared." Right, fabulous. 
But mm-hmm. why don't we spend a little bit of time feeling like this will work? Why don't we spend a little bit of time playing out? Like, here's what it looks like when I get over the finish line. It, I wrestled in high school for a little bit. I was not good at it. And I wasn't good. I'm sure you were great, right? Tad? I was I mean, not. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. And this quote from my coach, which was probably said to me because I wasn't that good at it, really sticks in my mind when we talk about this topic. He would say, I, I need you to get more excited about winning than you are scared of losing. Mm. Mm, there you go. I like that. Oh, that is so, yeah, that is, that grips so many people. It, it, it really, why do you think that is, John? Why do you think some, because some people are just wired to be positive. Tab is one of those people. Yeah, uh, I would say I was I was one of those people until probably the last five years. I think I'm now a little bit more wired to be negative. I think this is becoming something I'm having to work on. Before yeah. I just you, well, you've worked with me. Um, I think being you know getting older, whatever, it doesn't really matter. But why does it matter that some people are more wired to it, or we just all have to address it as it as it as it, appears, uh, there, as it raises its ugly head. Yeah, I mean, like, like, like a lot of things, we're all on a on a spectrum. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. you know, more positive to more negative. But going back to you know our, our wiring, our evolutionary yeah. wiring, if you just think about it, in, in our ability to adapt in you know as humans without modern technology in what had been a hostile environment, mm-hmm. it is of greater what it is of greater value you will get a greater roi so to speak from making sure you avoid danger uh, right then you would from getting excited about things going going well in a hostile mm-hmm. in, in a in a, in a, in a resource exactly. scarce environment right it's like yeah. caveman if we, if, <laughs> if we were all wired to be like this is great i don't have a job there's food over here this is abundant i could do this thing you know, we would all die we would have died <laughs> I think we're fine. I think we're I fine. Think it's all going to be good. It's all going to be good. Over there, I'll just to. bump into a tiger. I'll kill it yeah. with my hands. It'll yeah. be good. Yeah, that's it. Like it's, It is our survival instinct warrants that we predict yeah. the future in terms of what's negative so we can avoid it. The trick is, and this is where it really becomes a practice. It's a mindfulness practice of saying, okay, I have sufficiently predicted the likely scenarios that could go wrong and i have uh, i have sufficiently mitigated those risks now yes. let's turn that survival uh, instead yes. so there is a practical stage yeah do the work do the planning yeah get your insurance hit your quota do the work like you know, so, you know plan for a presentation do that but once you have done it now be like i i, I did that work now let's get excited about what it's going to feel like when we win. Let's get excited about what it feels like when we're in a presentation and everyone's nodding their head and everyone's on board. I mean, there you act different when you're coming off a winning streak. Your yeah, chest yeah. is puffed out. Your vi- your vibration <laughs> is is at a different level than when you're selling scared or you're presenting scared or or any of that. And so get your vibration there. It is a practice. Yeah. Okay, so I want to tab. I got to ask this question because you're you're my practical guy. But I I think this is a good practical question, and then I want to ask one personal question. Um, 
you think about the presentation, like, like, I think that's a really easy thing to hone in on because that's where I think in sales, we get most nervous. Or if you're a frontline manager and you're part of that process, you know, it's like, this yeah. is the big one. Oh yeah. Oh we, yeah. You know, and we, we, and we've done the prep like we, because it's the big one, which because it's the big one, it means I'm going to be the most terrified of losing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Now, small ones are like, yeah, whatever. You know, maybe I don't prep and that's my problem, but I'm not, maybe the fear doesn't creep in, but this is the big one. We've done the prep. So I'm going to save some space. I'm going to follow John's advice. I'm going to save some space to work on self-regulation so I can show up in an other centered way, as we would say, with a servant mentality. And I'm my full total self, I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm present and I'm working. So what do I do to self-regulate and when do I do it before the big presentation? Oh, I love that. That's my favorite. Uh, I, uh, we'll, we'll review just the steps of gratitude, service, and abundance. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm getting ready. This is, you know, we're, we're ready to do the meeting. That is something that I think is very easy to be grateful for. Yeah. Even as you, meeting. yeah, even as you fear what's going, what the reason you need self-regulation is because you're grasping at, you want to win this thing, yeah. which is, which is the, which is the other side of the coin of what if I don't win this thing? So yeah. You're fighting that. What if I don't win to get yourself mm -hmm. regulated? So that's where we lean into gratitude. Hey, I've, I have this experience. I, uh, we've been asked to this dance. Uh, I know this, I, I, I know the problem. I know how to solve it. I can speak from my heart. Like I'm ready to do this. Or how about this? I'm, I'm going in with my team and I rely on that. When we were going presentation, like Tom's got this part. I've got this part. Tab's got this part. Yeah. Mark's got this part. And I just really believed in my team. Those are all the things that say we've got all this working in our favor. Mm -hmm. Now we move to service. So I'm so, grateful. I'm grateful for what my team, I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm grateful for the, the, the what we've done in the past. That's, that's it. Right. We've been grateful that we're successful. We're grateful that we've been successful in situation. I'm choosing to focus on the positive things that have happened in to this point. Is that what great. I'm no doubt. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, and, okay. and even with the, with, with the scenario of, Hey, remember that time? Cause we've all had in sales, a dry period where we're like, man, mm -hmm. nobody's even talking. No one's picking up the phone. No one's responding. <laughs> and so oftentimes I'll, when, when I'm in that scenario, I'll go back to, Hey, remember that one time where no one wanted to talk to you? Mm -hmm. Isn't this better? Did, wouldn't you have wanted for this <laughs> to be the case? Isn't right. this the perfect scenario that you were hoping for? It's really reframing it. It's mm -hmm. absolutely reframing. Now we move into service. This is what serves the moment. Where can I move energy from where I have it to where it's most needed? That might be, hey, I'm going to do a little more research on this solution. I'm going to have some conversation with my coaches. I'm going to have a conversation with, oftentimes there's a champion who's brought you in and saying, hey, I want to make sure this, this presentation goes well for you. Whether we mm -hmm. win it or not, I want to make sure that you Mm -hmm. look good by bringing us to the table. So mm -hmm. help me understand that. Then you're serving the moment through the preparation, through the prep with the team, the, the, you know, uh, the coordination, the choreography. Like you're focused on instead of you losing or winning, which is a self-centered fear-based response. You then come to me and say, how can I help you? Or how can I, yeah. Or, or I could be doing that for you versus being focused on whatever it is that I'm focused on. Exactly. And that now you're getting more open. You're operating yeah. as your best self. You're saying, gosh, oh, I thought about this. Or now you know, that those are the opportunities when we would do these presentations mm -hmm. that would 
you know, bring up some creative fun ways to make the presentation interesting. Mm-hmm. Right? When your brain's working. Your brain's working and you're having fun mm-hmm. and you're 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 hitting on all cylinders. And so now you've done the prep and you're ready to go in. Uh or I'm sorry, you've done the prep, you've done as much as you've got to do. Uh now we've got the fear of the future kicking up. Am I going to win? What if this doesn't go well? What if I didn't prepare enough? Now we move into the excitement, this abundance mindset, which is mm-hmm. which is two parts. It's confidence that that you're worthy of this opportunity. It's confidence mm-hmm. that the the universe wants you to be happy. Mm-hmm. There's also, conversely, and this is this is tough. This is the little, this is the the double axle towards the end is non attachment. Mm-hmm. I believe I am worthy of this opportunity. I believe we have prepared for this. I can feel what it's going to be like to be hitting on all cylinders in that presentation. I can feel what it's going to be like to work with these people. I'm not operating out of fear. I'm operating out of excitement and hope and energy, but also not to the extent that I get so attached to that feeling that I get scared of losing it, right? Because that's, that's you know, I've heard people say, and I've, even I've said this, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, I don't want to count the chickens before it's hatched. Like the deal's not done before it's signed. Don't get too cocky. Yeah, I get it. But get excited about it. You're doing a thing. You're selling yourself. You're influencing others. Get excited about it. But stop just short of feeling like, like uh, you're owed a debt, and like you've like you've got it's your you know the, the it's yours to lose. That's great. But don't be like this has to be mine because that's when fear <laughs> creeps yeah. up. It's too it's much almost, to lose. There's too much at stake. It's so much more fun when you just, uh, I'm a hundred percent with you. And it's like, you're, you, I mean, you're, you're going to give it everything you got. All you can do is the inputs and then you, you can't drive the outcome. It's going to be what it is. Uh, just give it all you got. And I, there is freedom in that. You, you prepared, you're grateful. You know, my thing that I do is I really like this idea, the service thing. Cause I, what I do is I have a little mantra, you know, mm. every time I just, I, I, knew I go, you would. I knew I, I'm a mantra would. guy <laughs> where I go, as I'm going in, I'm walking into the meeting and I'm starting to, and I will say, just remember, this is all about them. This is not about me. And it doesn't matter what I look like. It doesn't matter if they think I'm impressive. Who gives a rat's ass, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it yeah. just doesn't matter. And if I just go in there and serve them, we're going to be good. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a freeing kind of um, uh, freeing kind of thing. I mean, like even to the point, and I talk about, I know you, and you've done it too, where you say things like, hey, I really want to help you make a great decision. I want to work with you. Of course, I want you to be my client. I mean, I just said this the other day and I said, but I want you to make a wise decision, period. That yeah. just sets me up. And I mean it. I'm not just BSing. I really yeah. mean it. So yeah. I do think that feeds right into what you're saying. It, it, I mean, it absolutely does. I mean, yeah. when, when you're operating from like, I really want the best for you. Like yeah. I'm excited for you. I want to help you. And yep, it'd be great if I get something out of it, but I'm, but I've got to shut that part of my brain off and say like, this is, this is all about you and I'm excited about it. And I can't work. I can't wait to work together. We're going to talk as if we were already working together. There you go. That's it. But but you don't, but until, you know, this decision, (laughs) you don't owe me anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's that non-attachment. The thing is, if you say it, you will, you will follow your words. Yes. 
Yeah. Like I've found if I say that, if I'm struggling with that belief, but I say it, and maybe yeah. I don't say it to the client, I say it to you, John, if we're prepping for the presentation. Yeah. Like, or I say it to the client at the beginning. I'd say, this is my goal today. I feel myself start to buy into that truth. Totally. 100%. Like I feel my body shift. I feel yeah. my nervousness release and I start to go, okay, that's true. Mm-hmm. And I also see how they respond to it. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's what you, what you brought up. Like th- this is the core. Mm. Yes, you are much more likely to be influential and get what you want when you're being other centered. Got it. That's the payoff. What is not emphasized enough, I think, in, in all of us who are aware of that relationship of it's better to you know it's better to give than receive. The best way to have a friend is to be a friend. Mm-hmm. Is you literally feel better when you are operating yeah. that way. You become <laughs> yeah. when you are being when you are serving someone else and suppressing mm-hmm. what you get out of it. That survival instinct that's about I need to protect myself. The world is out, out to get me. The world is hostile mm-hmm. hostile to me. That's not a comfortable feeling. When you are serving someone else, you feel connected to that person. You feel yeah. more home, more there's, alone. There's like love in the room. Like there's a there like there's there's something bigger meta happening yeah than a war fighting for resources it's yeah like no we're human beings on the planet all trying to kind of work together and that's bigger and better mm-hmm. i think one of the very and you talk about non-attachment i i think that's huge um and i want to as we close kind of want you to talk about not attaching it to your identity mm. because i think it's easier to not attach it to your financial well-being mm-hmm Right. Because I mean, obviously that's important, but I, for me, I feel like my attachments are greater to who is it? What does this say about me if I fail? And I remember struggling with this more when I would bring you guys in or better said, you would bring me in. Yeah. To help John, your deal. deal. Tom, will you, will you present or tab would bring me tab probably smarter. He wouldn't bring me in as much, but Time's a little more naive. Or he just loved me more. I did. Uh, I have fun. It was all a party. Yeah. I felt the nervousness. My nervousness would increase mm-hmm. as I was brought in yeah, yeah. to make that because I didn't want to let you down. Or and really what I was really saying, I think what's really happening is you would feel you would feel less about you would respect me less or sure, I would yes. be less significant. I would be less important. I'm it's really still self-centered. Yeah, yeah. But it's about me. Like I'm too attached. My identity is attached to the deal. How do I address that? Honestly, it's it's not that much different. Okay. I mean that the the commission once you win a deal mm-hmm. and the perceived self-worth increase mm-hmm. are the same thing. They're both okay. attaching to outcome. They're both yeah. saying like, I get it, it's, it's um, making your value, your worth conditional upon something else. Yes. Either one. That Either falls one. In that category. And yeah. that's, and that's, that's what this whole structure is all about. I mean, in, in, yeah. in some meditation circles, spirituality circles, uh, psychology circles, uh, this is called ego work. Your ego okay. is the story you tell yourself about yourself. Mm-hmm. And that is how, that is what our identity is. Uh, that's when people say like, I am 
a sales executive. I am a CEO. I am mm -hmm. a top performer. I am the pro worse. I am the top performer. <laughs> Holy cow. What does that mean? All right. Well then if that's who I've told myself I am, you and that's the mental model that. through which I see the world, then when those things are compromised, oh man, I really, that's when my survival your values, you're done. So this all is about ego work. And so, yes, if there's something else, I mean, let's talk about a romantic relationship, right? Which yeah. not sales, but oh, that, I'm what, worried, yeah. I'm, that's I'm where worried, it really shows up. Yeah. I'm worried. I'm going to be alone. If you're single, I'm worried. I'm going to be alone. You're dating somebody. I'm worried. They're going to break up with me. You're married. I wonder they don't, I'm worried. They don't love me anymore. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're spinning out. Got it. Camp down. Gratitude. Yeah. What's going well? What's happening? Here? Right. Okay. Now the serving, the serving is the exercise of getting out of your ego because it's not about you. It's about someone else. Mm -hmm. mm, that's good. And it's not about what you get out of it. It's about you connecting and feeling aligned. So now when you do that, you become more expanded. You're expanding more. Your, your worth based on your identity is not is not tied into the outcome of that exercise. It's just indulging in the in the connectedness. And then once you've done whatever you were doing, that was the active service. Now it's that fear of the future that is what makes us look for the result of that active service. We're looking for some payment. We're, we're holding a debt. And so that's the non-attachment saying, guess what? I'm just, I'm connecting and I'm flowing in that way. I don't need anything out of it. The commission, the reciprocity of love, uh, the relationship to maintain. I'm just going to keep doing this thing and trusting that if that's how I'm operating, it will all work out in the, in the end. And guess what? The time frame of the end might be in the eternal end. Yeah. But right. Still it, it's just, this is all I can do. Well, and I also like to think about it negatively. Like, I know the opposite of that. I'm going to crash and burn. Right. Yeah. So if you can't hold on to the positive or you're struggling with the positive outcome, like relationally, right. Or I, you know, from an identity alone, no, really, if I lose this deal, I'm going to lose my job and I'm going to, you know, however you want to practically think about the negative outcome, or you're like, I yeah. just can't let I, all I know oh, yeah. is that focus will sabotage the outcome that I want. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes is motivation for me enough to not make it about me no doubt because even if I, my relationship doesn't let's get really personal even my relationship doesn't i become much more of attractive a person i will find the right person if i make it about them mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. it's going to work out if because this is what we were created to be and you can't unwire you i'm created to serve i'm created to take my talents and what god has given me to help other people that's why I'm, so anything i'm moving in any direction opposite of that leads me in a path that is not good for me and other people. And it's just, it's going to lead to something not positive. Like mm -hmm. that's a better way to say that. But I got to ask you this question before we, before we close. Because we, we need to wrap this thing up. I know we need to wrap this thing up. I can tell Tab's like getting hungry. Do people like, just listen to this on end? Is this, is this get edited? Holy no, we, we know it's not edited, but we could, we could also have, we could turn this into two episodes. I, we may need to, I, I think we could talk longer <laughs> about this. I know. So I got to ask this question, John, uh, Please. because there's something that came up and I, I, I just have to hear. So you're, we're talking to people, I think that have had big T trauma mm -hmm. and you've had big T trauma. And so is it different addressing this? 
when you've been through a 9-11 type experience? And if so, what have you, what would you share about how you navigated that? Uh, maybe not. Yeah. So uh, I, that's an important topic. Uh, the learnings that I have are much more, uh, I think, sound and business appropriate based on how I've applied them in my professional life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and candidly, the story I tell is really about a, a burnout story that yeah. was well after 9-11. That yeah. was really about my being too attached to outcome and to my success and what my identity was relative to that. Okay. Um, but I, I will say big caveat is coaching, the type of things we're talking about in a professional context. That's really about getting people from, I would say, like a baseline of of safety and psychological safety to improve, right? We're all dealing with this kind of uh, emotional undulation in our professional lives for people who have gone through true trauma. And that, that's, that has a different, that's defined differently for different people. Right. There is merit in having some psych, you know, professionally medical psychology help. I mean, there's, there's real trauma. There's a, um, there's a thought leader in this space, Jay Shetty. I don't know if you know uh, Jay yeah. Shetty. Uh-huh. So he's a big, well-known yeah. coach, fabulous. Was he a monk uh, for? Was he was a monk for? He was. Yeah, yeah, uh, a monk, and then worked for Deloitte. And yeah, right. I mean, I'm like, that's why I was like, this is cool. This is a great. He's very know. magnetic, and and yeah. he has a he has a role uh, that anyone he coaches on an individual basis uh, also has to have a a, a therapist, a psychologist, mm-hmm. psychiatrist, because. There are some times, I mean, if someone's gone through legitimate trauma, Mm -hmm. loss of life, loss of, or near loss of life, loss of a loved one, and that's what they're dealing with, like, get that level set. There's a, there's got to get that level. Got to. This is not, I am not purporting in any of my work to deal with anyone's deep seated childhood trauma around, you know, abuse or, you know, know, hard upbringing. Um, Once that's, uh, that's, solved and someone's at a safe level and i would say safe is they're not at risk of you know potentially taking their own life or mm-hmm. or physically they can self-regulate hurting words, other people yeah yeah it's like now it's like hey now you have a job and this is what you're dealing with and you're at some level of you're at some threshold of safety we're not here to solve the trauma but there is persistent uh what effect of that trauma even once it's solved in how your worldview evolves your professional and personal life got it okay well i think that's helpful i mean you know what i'm hearing you say is if you've been through big t trauma that probably requires professional support professional help to get you to a certain to a certain level before you can apply some of these tools that you're sharing do you have any last questions for uh, our friend, our guest? No, this our, is amazing. our new thought leader and coach. Yeah, I mean, just I'm just I'm writing like crazy. I'm I got all these notes. That 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 means it's a great podcast. I'm learning. I'm just absorbing. So, John, yeah. thank you so much. Man, I'm so so excited for you. I mean, I mean mm-hmm. that. Like, I just love that that you're doing this. I can tell thank you, it's going to be wildly. I know you're already very successful. I'm seeing your LinkedIn post and um. So I just think you're in the right space, my friend. Yeah, I'm very honored that you join us. Well, thanks for thanks for kicking it off. I mean, this is this. 
I learned it. I learned it by watching you. This is a, <laughs> a lot of these were conversations. I'm like, what do you mean? Oh, I guess I, I'm going to go figure this out to be better at taking that advice. That's really the, I mean, that's really the game. That's awesome. It was when I killed that lion, wasn't it? That one time you saw me do that. (laughs) That's right. That's probably (laughs) had impact. Uh, Tell tell people how they can find you, John. Uh, You can uh, find me on, uh, what, you can email me at john at Pinwheel Associates, or you can go to pinwheelassociates.com. That's my company name. Beautiful. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll post that as well. Brother, I love you. I mean that. Love you, brother. All right. Love you, man. Love you. Thank you for your, your message and what you're sharing. And everyone, thanks for joining us for another episode of Sales with Adwin.